We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where I ask you each episode to consider who is it you are right now and who is it you are most aspiring to be? Are there things in your life that you would love to tweak, but you just don't know quite how to tweak them? Well, I'm absolutely delighted uh, to introduce my guest for this episode, Crassi Atasio. Hi, Crassi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Leah. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Crassi is uh, an absolute favorite of mine, and I'm so delighted to bring her to my audience because she's an ancient Babylonian, Mesotomian, Sumerian astrologer, and this is a lost art, but mainly it's a science. And so I wanted to uh, bring Crassi's scientific knowledge to my audience because I know so many people struggle with barriers around why do I keep getting stuck doing the same thing over and over again and never actually getting out of uh, getting the result that I want. And when I worked with Crassie, she helped me to have very deep insight about some of the things that were tripping me up and also some of my strengths. So it was a lot of fun. Crassie, I'm just delighted to talk thank about you, this. Thank you. Very sweet of you. Thank you, Leah. <laughs> thank you so much. So, you know, I think a lot of people are really familiar with Western astrology. We've grown up and we've been looking at our sun signs for our whole life, you know, and go, oh, like I'm a Pisces because I was born March 12th. But you know, then we read our little snippet of a horoscope and we actually think that's a portrait of ourselves until we understand that, oh, maybe it's not. Can you, t- can you tell everyone what the difference is between maybe Western astrology and what you yes. do? Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, astrology is the first and the most ancient science, as far as we know, of course. Uh, the first science, which comes from Hermes Trismegistus. Everyone knows about Hermes, Mercury, Hermes, Hermetic knowledge, but Hermes is known to have had two or three or more incarnations on Earth. One of his incarnations is before the big flood. We are talking about um, 7,000 years ago, maybe 5,500 years BC, when we had in uh, ancient Sumer um, a king called Enmeduranki. And this king at at that time, see, um, there is is famous um, cuneiform uh, tablet, cuneiform tablet written in this um, uh, Sumerian, uh, um, Babylonian, Akkadian writing system, the way they write, you know, with these scribes. Um, And people maybe know about the the king's lists and those kings then would live for hundreds or thousands of years. So we are not very sure about the timelines indeed, because the the, the, the time construct is something that is quite... 
unclear and maybe even manipulated. So we do not know, but we know that this was this happened thousands of years ago. And King Enme Duranki lived in the city called Durankuak. Now this is a city which is where you have now contemporary Bulgaria and Romania. Mm. And where you have the, the known Black Sea, but at that time before the flood, it was a sweet lake. It became Black Sea. And, and there is a very interesting um, esoteric meaning and spiritual meaning why it became Black Sea, but this is another conversation. So it's very interesting. So he lived there and he was a saint. He was beloved. He, he would rule this city, Sipar. Now Durankuak, and then at that time, this was the city Sipar. And all this, what I'm telling you comes from translated cuneiform tablets of this ancient uh, Sumerian language. And King Enme Duranki was lifted on a throne of Cedar, Cedar, remember Cedar, yeah. by the two uh, divinities, which is the, the sun god and the god of the winds, which is the sun god is Shamash and um, Adat, and they lifted him, and this was the first Hermes, they lifted him up in the sky, and they gave him actually, they gave him a golden rod in his hands, and they gave him the, the knowledge of mathematics, astrology, mm -hmm. divination, reading, animal liver there is also there are also other cuneiform tablets which show how they would um on the on the liver how they would divide it into different sections and each one would mean something and so they had this this knowledge but see mathematics and astrology astronomy would equally were equally important so they gave him this knowledge of mathematics and astrology astronomy and then they told him that he should transmit this knowledge to the men of the known cities at, the, at that time, but only the ones that deserve it, the ones that have come from uh, true blood, the ones that come that are, have decency and are healthy. Mm. So uh, there was not just anyone could, could be astrologer at that time. So this is how we know 7,000 years ago, approximately from where astrology came. And then in Egypt, approximately 900 BC, we know of, of a second incarnation of Hermes because this knowledge which came 5,500 BC was forgotten due to many factors. You had the big, big float, you had, you see, we the humans tend to have these uh, eras when we forget the knowledge. And now we're in a, in a time um, in a cycle when the knowledge comes back to us. Notice this, Leah. Thank, thank the gods, right? Or thank God. <laughs> because, thank God. Because we're needing it. And what I, what I think is interesting is, um, and sad, uh, maybe a bit, is that, that this knowledge should be transmitted to people who were decent. It's like the decency factor we have somehow completely, um, you know, turned, turned away from. And what I think is confusing for a lot of people when they look at um, ancient astrology uh, they see it as evil because they see it as a cult and uh, that the, that's actually what all these black magicians are doing. Um, and, and I think that, can you clarify? It can be bad. Is? 
they can, they can be right because every knowledge mm -hmm. can be used twofold. You can you can really do good. Mm -hmm. You can enrich your knowledge, help others, and with knowledge you can help yourself because once you know the details of your horoscope, you reach. You can change things. You can you can uh, you, you know what to work on and. But yes, it has this occult. Occult is not necessarily bad. Occult means hidden. Hidden, yes. Occult means hidden. It's not necessarily bad. But if we say that there is this, um, uh, yeah, it can be used for bad purposes, of course, like any knowledge, like any knowledge. So, of course, we choose to take the only the, the bright, light, uh, divine part of this. But once you take the bad, you take your, you bear your own uh, responsibility and circumstances afterwards, right? Right. Well, thank you for clarifying that because I do. I think that's a hesitation why some people don't look at their astrology is because they think it is a parallel with something akin to the devil, and you, you know, you shouldn't know that information. It's like, nope, that was actually hijacked from us at some point. What's the history of why this original astronomy was? Uh, and astrology was was kind of hidden from the masses. It was hidden first. Yeah, we had many centuries after that. You can see it, it evolved. It, mm -hmm. uh, it uh, nine 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 hundred years before Christ, eight hundred something uh, mm -hmm. years before Christ, we had the second incarnation of Hermes, who. Uh, who was in Egypt at that time. It was another incarnation among many. And then he gave again, he, 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 he came to remind us of the real astrology. But here comes a big bracket, Leah, because there is this sidereal astrology. What people want, wonder, what is this sidereal astrology? Uh, the, the Vedic Indians use sidereal astrology with slight differences. What is sidereal astrology? Sidereal comes starry means starry it comes from literally like you look at the sky what you see on the sky now for example now you see that the moon is in uh, in, in uh, gemini immediately in your astrological uh, st um, star chart you would see and then any configuration of the stars um, literally would be looking the same way on your on your on the chart that you read to the to, to you to the people that you want to inform but this is sidereal what happened actually is of course there is infiltration of the evil always you know mm -hmm. like you like you know how the real masons the freemasons started like something very lofty they started like people who had talents they just wanted to build society to help uh, the knowledge to be spread or kept and then there was infiltration and finished. This became something very dark. The same happened with astrology. It, it was it, it it was meant only for good and divine and divination and help and health. Uh, uh, and it was infiltrated. How? Um, well, there is some there is a version which comes from uh, amazing um, researcher, scientist, astrologer Cyril Fagan. Mm. He, I think he lived in the 60s, 1960s, around this time. And um, he was a sidereal astrologer researching uh, the ancient roots of astrology. And we know that the, the modern astrologers, the modern tropical astrologers built their knowledge on the knowledge of Ptolemy. Everyone knows Ptolemy with his Tetrabiblos, I mean the, the astrologers. But what is he, where is the key here and where the big confusion came and I believe it was um, 
this sort of infiltration which I'm telling you about. Yes. It is, Ptolemy was living around the first century after Christ, uh, AD. Mm -hmm. When we know that the point of the spring equinox, the spring equinox for the Northern hemisphere was in the, in the zero degrees of Aries and nothing, nothing confusing here yet. But then the Babylonians had different zodiacs. They invade, invented the first zodiac, which was sidereal, starry. Every star of importance you would see there. Um, they would make divisions of the houses as we know them. But they had also the zodiac, which was not zodiac, and which was uh, something like um, tropical ecliptic, tropical ecliptic, where instead of zodiacal constellations, you had the lunar months. So instead of having, for example, uh, Aries, you would have the month of uh, Nisan, or instead of having Pisces, you have the first month of, um, of Nisan or Nisanu. But what happened is that Ptolemy decided to, to develop a new zodiacal system, and he subtracted the lunar month with the zodiacal signs, which the Babylonians would use for predictive purposes for the analysis of the uh, eclipses, uh, searching for omens, and so on. What the, the tropical ecliptic of the Babylonians was, was that they simply took the lunar months, and in the middle of every lunar month, in the 15th degree, they would put the equinoxes and the solstices. And from there, they would depart and they would see where certain eclipses would take place or other celestial events. Uh, eclipses are not happening only with the moon and the sun. You can have eclipses with Jupiter and the moon. You can have other sorts of eclipses. So any deviation from the normal starry configuration, they would apply on their tropical ecliptic. And then Ptolemy took this and he would take, and like I told you, he would take the lunar months and instead would put the zodiac. Brilliant. But this happened when, while he was alive. And when was this? This was uh, around 100 AD. When the, 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 it, when the equinox was in the zero degree, Aries, brilliant. And since then, guess what? Copy paste. Uh. <clears throat> copy-paste the situation, not taking into consideration that uh, the, the earth rotates, there is an axis of 23 degrees, that there is um, um, all these changes which are happening astronomically very, very slowly indeed, are not taken into consideration. And I don't say that the modern tropical ecliptic of Ptolemy, which most modern astrologers use, don't work. It works, mm -hmm. but, but it is, see what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it takes you a bit away from your because uh, it takes you away from uh, knowing though it's an or knowing what um, and maybe to explain it to people. Uh, if you go and get your birth chart, one of my confusions was is I I went and got my birth chart done uh, just on through the tropical regular Western astrology and went okay, so like I'm a Pisces this with a you know moon rising and it, my ascendant is here, but when I actually went through. Uh, a different birth chart calculator, it came out completely differently. So then I'm, I'm confused going, okay, what am I, how, who am I and how am I supposed to take some information out of this? That's going to help me. So that was part of the reason why I'd reached out um, to you because after watching several, um, several, let's say probably, you know, weeks of weeks of videos going, okay, like what actually rings true? There's this thing. Um, I think 
that I encourage people to do is to tap into that spiritual knowing that we all have and go, what rings true and sounds true for you? And as you listen to uh, more astrological reports or, you know, the breakdowns of planets and, and uh, et cetera, you can kind of get an understanding of what doesn't sound true and what does sound true. And so as I was listening to your um, broadcast, I went, okay, this actually seems like in alignment with what I think would make sense. This most ancient um, thing and that a big, and because nature does keep happening, it's like there's transformation keeps happening. Things don't stop moving. Things don't quit changing. And the idea that things would become fixed in this kind of bizarre way, and then we're just all going to stop, you know, <laughs> stop and stand still, it just made no sense to me at all. So then when I reached out to you and you uh, had me go through the birth chart um, calculator. Um, that you use, which will be available on my website. So people can just go there. I came up with a very different birth chart, you know, and went, oh, well, now this is a tool that I can use because I can look at all of these aspects of me and where they actually lie um, and and, uh, and consider and contemplate how to navigate around the, the you know, um, what we might call landmines because there are... <laughs> There's some things that can be landmines in your life. But before I was trying to go around these landmines in my life using a completely different zodiac and going like it just it didn't make any sense at all. Like I should be a you know Pisces sun and I'm the I just like not wishy-washy. Like there's just things that didn't fit that I went, that doesn't just doesn't fit. Aquarius sun, that fits, you know. So getting this uh, better appreciation for myself also. And so I think that again, why I wanted to bring you on to talk about what you do is because I'm sure everyone who listens to my shows, who wants to master their life is going through these same sort of conversation internally and going, why do I, you know, like, why am I confused? And so to bring clarity um, is to be able to see that roadmap on your, on a piece of paper and go, okay, this is what it looks like. And this is actually how I can do something with it. And <laughs> you know, and, and make good decisions and have some good judgments. I'm a farm girl too, Crassy. So I started doing astronomy when I was a little girl laying on the, you know, laying outside or looking out my window because I could see all the stars. And then, you know, as we move through life, we forget, we, we let go of our connection. A lot of people let go of their connection to the stars. Um, very much mother earth, the connection to mother earth is promoted, like look down, you know, take into account mother earth, but it's not that looking up. Uh, and so this has been a good reminder for me to look up and appreciate what's up here um, and then what you can do with it. So that the idea of working with a living system also made sense to me, as opposed to the sitting in front of your computer to figure everything out, which I think is the other um, beauty of what you do. So maybe I, I know I'm hijacking the conversation, but I'm just very excited to get people back to nature. Oh, exactly. No, but what you say is exactly, exactly, exactly correct. Yes. The real astrology, which never changes, the, the, the astrology of Hermes, of the ancients, is just looking at, observe, observing the sky. They would observe the, the phases of the planets, not only the, the, the transits, because now in our modern times, we look where certain planet is. But about, what about the face of the planets? Face would say, according to the sun, some planets disappear. They, they get burned in the rays of the sun, um, these are phases and then symbolically they, they are born again. And all this has meanings and would be represented by different divinity. And all these divinities actually, uh, in a way, influence our lives. And 
yes, this is the real, like the real earth, connection with the earth, with connection with the sky. And when we know well our horoscopes, we, we know which planets, what to ask from them, what, how, in what way to observe them, how to communicate if you want with them in, in this not uh, submissive way, but just say, look, you, in, your, in my chart, you, you do this, please um, reconsider and uh, ease your aspects or your influences on me, not in a submissive way, because we as humans are creators to get in one with God. So it shouldn't be submissive, but we can do a lot in a way, um, exactly as you say, this, this connection with sky and earth. Sure, consciously. And, and so I'll share with the audience one of the things in my chart, just to give a solid concrete example of this. So anyone who's listened knows maybe I've been I've been divorced a couple of times. Relationships have been really hard for me. Business has been really hard on me because there's been some explosions. But here I got my birth chart and in the seventh house, we could maybe just describe that a little bit. But I have, um, you know, Mars and uh, Saturn, uh, both in that house in the seventh house. And so can you tell what that is just so people can go, oh, that's what that is. What is, what is Mars and Saturn in the seventh? Yes, so, actually. In Pisces. Well, Pisces. <laughs> well, the many, many, yes. Well, there are many, you see many details around Mars and Saturn in, in, in your seventh house. Uh, these are the two malefic means not very good, not very benevolent planets. Benevolent would be for those who don't know Jupiter, Venus, Mercury. Uh, they would give blessing and uh, abundance, love, money, you know, <laughs> and communication skills. But then you have Saturn who is giving us um, limitations, who is teaching us discipline and who is showing where in this lifetime we need to work a bit more on what in which direction we need to work more, what we need to work out. Saturn is the last planet. When you look at the spheres of the planets, how they are organized, Saturn is the one who is on the highest position. And I'm not counting here the trans-Saturnian planets, Uranus, Neptune, uh, and Pluto. I'm talking until Saturn. Mm -hmm. uh, not that the ancients didn't know about them. This is another story, but yes. they would mm -hmm. they would what look only until Saturn. So yes, yeah, Saturn has his... Um, how you say, has his um, rings, has, his rings, Saturn has his rings. And when you look, when you think what they represent, obviously they are borderies, borderlines, boundaries. They say, stop here. You have to stop and think, work out something. And in your life, maybe in your past lifetimes, there, there are things which you maybe didn't have the time to to learn and you're given now the chance to go through these experiences with with husbands or relationships that told you something mm -hmm. and it is not necessarily bad probably this is very good for your soul depends how you learn exactly and so here's the thing that i went if i had only known that those things were sitting there in my seventh house, I would have handled my relationships differently. So this is the insight that your a properly done birth chart can give you is you can go, oh my gosh, well, I can see that I might respond with this Martian kind of response to people, or I might invite people that have that, you know, energy in their lives into my re personal relationships. But I didn't know that about myself. So when people keep, you know, continue to show up that I would let in in personal relationships in intimacy, and then they would do things that would be, um, you know, explosive and not good. Yeah, 
I couldn't get why. But now that I see it, I go, oh, that well, that makes sense. So then I could do something about it now that I have that insight. It's quite, it's quite profound. You know, like it you is even deeper, Leah, because Saturn is the father figure. So we go yeah. back there to see what is the model that you need to improve right. there, how you perceived your father, what is the lesson that he gave you, and that this 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 same model maybe in, in, has an impact on your on your private life. So it goes really it's, yes, it's it very, very serious. Yeah, it, and very serious. Yes. So I think, again, it's like where you learn up in Western astrology, when you see your little snippet in the in the paper, and it's this little, you know, weekly, uh, or even daily horoscope, they're so, uh, what do you call it, just not, there's not really any importance given uh, to how much power this tool has. And uh, again, uh, credit to your work. And you know what, I actually didn't even say, you're a doctor, you have your doctorate in this. Um you know, I have a PhD in in, in um, organizational psychology, which which is not astrology. Okay. But, yes. Yes. Organizational <laughs> psychology, and but you've taken lots of training in reading these cuneiform yes. tablets, and and so you're a dedicated yes. practitioner. This is something that you've dedicated um, your life to. And um, I caught one of your interviews where you said. Uh, you were taking an astrology course and it was about six months in and the person who was teaching you said, well, that's it. We're done now. And you were like, what? <laughs> this was my first experience with astrology. When I was studying astrology, tropical uh, astrology, modern astrology, and my teacher said, okay, now I told, I, I told you everything. So, <laughs> Right. It's so it's wild. But when, so when you think about your life, um, and how well, our lives, our lives, how complex they are, how beautiful they are, you know, and how yes. uh, the and level. astrology, you never learn. You learn this forever. Never, it's never, every day I learn from people's horoscopes. It's amazing how many things you discover in people's horoscopes. And then you learn and you learn and you learn new things. Right. And yes, also when you discover ancient texts, you see, my God, they knew so much more, much more than we do know now. Right. So do you know why, like what happened that we got that? I know we lost it. Did we lose it because we didn't deserve to have the knowledge or? You see, these are eras. Uh, it is like, it is like you see now. Um, I will give you an example. Mm -hmm. Take, for example, imagine uh, this era of the opera musicians, Verdi, Puccini, these operas, they, they were a group of people who would make the, 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 the most gorgeous music in the world, which is, which until the, it, isn't, it was never repeated, right? It was one time. And you had uh, Puccini, Rossini, Bellini, all these Italians. It, these, these were a group of friends in Italy that created the most beautiful opera. And guess why? Because Venus at that time rose for the first time for their era as an evening star and in, 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 in a place of, I forgot either was exaltation or it was, but I mean, there is era for everything which is astrological. If we had the era of this gorgeous music and it was not repeated yet, it will be eventually one day. The same happened with astrology. You have it, uh, you have this, uh, you have it, then you have it forgotten. Then after, after 
hundreds or thousands of years, you have it completely gone. Then you have again revival due to certain uh, astronomical configurations. Like I gave you the example with the opera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same will be with the music. The music now is just terrible. But when you look what are the heliacal rises of Venus, she can't produce. She can't produce the music that Inanna from Uruk or um, at, not Athena Palace, but um, the evening Venus would produce. She's not this divinity. It's not yet here. Right. And so if you're a musician, this is also a helpful hint <laughs> about paying attention to when Venus is your, your uh, you know, your friend. And so this, it's not just uh, uh, the eras, but it's also in our personal lives. If we can look at how these planets are transiting and interacting with us personally, uh, that we can get these really um, dry, direct uh, instructions about when are going to be the very best days to do something and what manner are they the very best to do them. You know, I, there was an expression my mom used to say, God is in the details. And part of this reminds me really of that practice. It's like the precision of which you can actually uh, make decisions for your uh, best and highest good. And therefore the best and highest good for other people too, uh, really is changed when you have an appreciation for and an understanding of your birth horoscope when it's done properly. So uh, I, we, we still have lots of time to chat, but I just wanted everyone to get out a pen and, p- and a piece of paper and also to, to think about what would be the first few questions you would ask a really excellent, excellent astrologer if you could ask them any questions in the world, what would be the most, the three top most important things that would help you to have a better life? Because I think once you start thinking about it, um, then these things will come to you and you'll understand the importance. Uh, that said, if the opera era was back then, what era are we in now, Crassie? Yes, yes, I will tell you. Uh, astronomically, I yeah. do not mean, yeah, we, you hear everywhere, everywhere, from everywhere that we are entering the era of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Well, this is true. We are not yet, though, in the era of Aquarius. Now, the, I, I don't want to make this complicated. I'll try to, to, to explain it in, in a, a, as simple as I can. The, the era that we are in now is still under Pisces. Pisces, when it started with with with, with Christ, uh, you know, and this was two thousand uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, these years, we count uh, on the zodiac, not um, following the direction of the zodiac, but just the, the opposite. So we are still in Pisces, but we still have we are in the fifth degree of Pisces. So we count five, four, three, and so on. But these five degrees that we still have in Pisces are considered last degrees because in in only five degrees, which are how many years? 300, 300 something, 360 years, we will indeed uh, enter the era of Aquarius. But this is what what I want to tell you with this. We divide again and again and again. In astrology, there are cycles within cycles with forever. So even one year is a cycle. Your month is a cycle, cycle within cycle within cycle. Mm-hmm. And when we divide these cycles of Pisces, we entered approximately, I'm saying approximately because we're talking about a very large, great year of, of 25,000 years. So we say approximately in the year 2015, 
we enter the, the mini cycle, the mini era of Mars. Mm. Mars is associated with what? Disharmony, plague, destruction, diseases, wars. That is why no opera now. <laughs> we have right. to, you see, well, we talk symbolically, there is opera, but there are, where is Verdi? I want Verdi. <laughs> it might be very discordant so, opera. Right? Um, <laughs> discordant opera, I said. That's not. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. So I mean, we are we are living in the mini mini era of um, of Mars, and that's why we we experience you know this uh, this harmonies and people know what I will not go into this. Five more degrees to go, four and something degrees to go, and then we will be entering in three hundred forty fifty years the era of. Aquarius. Why we say it's Aquarius now, we feel these energies because this is end of time. If one great cycle with the great astronomical year is 25,000 years, mm -hmm. we divide it into 12, the 12 zodiacal signs, and we get 2,000 something. So the year of Pisces indeed is, as we know, 2,000 something years. Mm -hmm. So you can see why these 300 years are nothing. It's just really end of times. And we already feel... Uh, feel the wind of Aquarius. That's why we talk about new technology. We talk about uh, living in communities or building communities, farm communities, and these things. Yeah, it's the going back to the farming communities. That's very interesting. I think that is a very, very interesting. Um, going back to the land, I see a lot of my friends, me included, going Wow, I can't believe that we got off the off the homesteads. Everyone's crying to get back to them. So it's a wonderful it's a wonderful time. It's a little bit of a treacherous time as well. How can people um, how can people recognize in themselves when they're resisting moving from um, maybe that Piscean? Maybe just describe the difference between Pisces and Aquarius. That might help. Because when I think of Pisces and Christ, I think about sacrificial lamb, turn the other cheek, um, you know, that kind of putting up with a lot of tolerating a lot well, of stuff. Well, yeah, this one, this one too. Yeah, obviously, yes, obviously this one too. Uh, but it is also uh, what people say, what people, what everyone speaks and it became cliche already awakening great awakening well oh. yes great awakening this is also aquarius but awakening is what awakening is to to find to find out who you are who mm -hmm. you are who you are you are creator we mm -hmm. you are a child of the of the creator you you create you are just great being uh who can create so this is what we find out approaching uh the era of, of Aquarius, religious is man-made, and we will be uh, reaching this point when we find when we are finding out that there is one religion which is really the uh, Lee. I don't know if you hear me well because yes. you're frozen. Yeah, you're perfect. You hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. So religion, yeah, we find out that religion is man-made. That mm. uh, uh, era of Aquarius is about uh, finding ourselves, finding who we are. Uh, connecting with our, you, you know, with the creator. And also there is this negative part, of course, of, of Aquarius, which would be the artificial intelligence, a lot of technology, mm -hmm. or choosing to be, be the creator. So um, not necessarily being a victim, like you said, for Pisces, uh, this victim, uh, 
Right. Perception so, of yourself. Yes. Needing to go to an external authority to make any sort of decisions for oneself, I think has also been a part of that whole Piscean reality. But one key thing here, mm-hmm. very fast, in Pisces, the time would move slower the way we perceive it. Aquarius is, is about sudden changes and surprises, and it means stay awake. Stay mm-hmm. awake. Uh, you will be. It is indeed to to be alert for everything happening around ours. To 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 be careful with uh, with media. With uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. Let's not forget that this is the Lord of Change, and it is the Lord um, in the ancient god Anu who is ruling the cosmos. So the real astrology is coming out. The real, uh, the real knowledge of the universe. A lot of knowledge will be revealed more and more, more and more in the age of Aquarius. The more we approach it. Yes, it is really exciting because the opportunity to actually grasp onto reality and uh, enter a state of sanity is right here for us if we decide that we want to actually take that um, path. You know, the internal sanity of understanding that we are connected to God, that we are. Um, we have a full conduit to God when we kind of get out of the insanity of our thoughts and we just listen to that and and hear what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves. So I love that you said that about awakening because I, yeah, that is what I think too, is that we we know what we're supposed to be doing. It's just, there's so much other noise in our heads and in our hearts often that, and corruption uh, for a variety of reasons that it, it's hard to hear that. Uh, one of the things I've been encouraged by this last year of going through the compression, I'll call it <laughs> the compression of the COVID that, uh, you know, people are waking up to the, the reality that n- the people who they thought were going to take care of them and that they thought really cared about them, the government, et cetera, maybe doesn't quite care about them quite so much. And <laughs> <Good morning. laughs> That's right. So the people who are clear, uh, but the people who have been continuing to sadly, ma- you know, masking um, and uh, playing along with sort of those par- parlor games that they're, um, I think that, that it's coming now to a point where it's getting even clearer um, for people, the choice that they need to make in order to be free, to be free human beings and that to create, to grab onto the creativity instead of the remote control. <laughs> so that's turning off. Exactly. <laughs> Although yes, you can watch yes. our show all day long. Cause we're all taught, we're talking about good stuff, but you know, <laughs> but we're not talking about things that are going to um, we're talking about things that are uplifting and healing and about your health and well being. And the opposite is true. People are, are trying to encourage you to do things that cause you physical um, pain and suffering, emotional pain and suffering and mental pain and suffering. Uh, yeah. So, so this is a, it's a prime time and we've been kind of lazy. We've been, we've sort of been lulled into in a lot of developed countries, very lulled into thinking that everything is okay and safe. And, um, it's not, it's not the case. It's the, that's no. becoming, yes. Dissolving. It's illusionary illusion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a lot more people finding a lot of life satisfaction, though, the people who are awake and alert um, and finding out about the real astrology. You do some really unique 
um, things that I absolutely adore. And one of them is that you build talismans. Can you talk a little bit about that? This is, uh, yes, this is another very ancient uh, way of, uh, you see in the ancient times again in Babylon, Egypt, uh, Byzantium, Greek times, people would not wear the jewelry pieces just for beauty. Mm-hmm. They would have the purpose of the talisman. Every single thing um, on earth is ruled by a planet or a star. Every single gemstone, every single herb, uh, just anything, everything is ruled by a planet or a star. And there is this ancient knowledge which is telling you which gem is ruled by which planet or a star. And then when we make a combination of, of the herb, we extract the essential oil too. And when we find the, uh, the most appropriate astrological time when this planet or a star are very powerful, very happy on the sky, very highly dignified, then in this astronomical moment, there is um, again ancient ritual, which is to create from piece of jewelry, which is a combination of co- also the metals. They also have their rulership to create a talisman. What are the talismans? They serve either as a remedy for the chart. Let's say pe- a person would have um, not well-placed or very weak Venus. And you see that this person is not say, experiencing joy as it should be in the full understanding of joy. Um, Then Venus talisman, Venus is the planet that is afflicted in the horoscope and Venus is the planet that will bring this remedy. So this is how you can use the talismans. The same is for the other planets or simply Mm -hmm. you like to, let's say there are the four royal stars which bring certain royal uh, because they are very uh, powerful, visible on the sky. So um, then you can use this planetary starry celestial configurations and use this star to aid your chart or to help you achieve what you want. Now they are not changing really uh, your, your destiny. I, I believe now when we have more and more knowledge, uh, uh, and when we understand our horoscopes, actually we have the power to a certain mm-hmm. degree to change uh, a lot our destinies. And the talismans can help. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, yeah and connect- this is how they, in short, work. Yeah, and they're beautiful. And I think that uh, the beauty and the ones that you make, Crassie, is that there is this um, very intentional approach to it all. So for you fast, you... You know, when you say the word highly dignified, you actually mean that it's a very noble um, and reverent. It's this reverent process that you use. And one of the it's uh, why it resonated so much with me is that I grew up with a lot of reverence around nature. You know, everything from picking berries out in the bush and, you know, turning those into the things that we would eat, preserving things like um, doing artisan sort of work. Yeah, just there it's a completely different thing than going to the mall and picking out a pair of earrings so you know oh. just, just but they're royal people who have um long-term power and affluence use um crystals use amulets use um use these gemstones for their best and highest good so when it's done in a highly dignified manner for good purposes it's a reminder to you when you look at that thing and you hold it or you 
uh, contemplate upon it, whether it's a ring or a, uh, an amulet or a wand or whatever it is, but you contemplate upon it. So you, you think about, or you relax maybe even more into, uh, wow, it's like, I'm really connected with nature. I really know that God does have my back, that there is a divine plan for me and that it's unfolding in perfect timing, but you just become reverent about it. And that's what some of these touchstones are and is that the touchstone allows to ground you. And, you know, so there, it is a, they're very, very powerful when they're used intentionally and consciously. And uh, yeah, so I love them. I think they're just, just a very, very beautiful way to get reconnected with nature. And you teach people how to do that. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, the other thing is that this is why we spoke in the beginning and you said people find the, uh, the astrology occultistic, occult uh, science. Well, yes, you can take always, always, you can always use it for good and for bad, as you can see. But also uh, this is connection between astrology and natural sciences. So it is really mm -hmm. something very, very beautiful. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. So it's a very multi-layered um, thing, astrology, astronomy, the natural sciences, and an invitation for everyone who's looking at getting back to nature, and their own power and control over their life. Um, but understanding also that sometimes I think God sends us these things that we get lessons in our life to make us stronger, or to make us more humble, or more merciful, or more compassionate. Uh, because if we don't really have any challenges, sometimes we can be pretty um, self-absorbed is is that part of the reason for the <laughs> for the things that seem to come out of the blue uh is that part of what what's going on there crassy from your experience you know i, I there is I, I think this is arab saying i was reminded uh, arab friend told me this that too much light will blind you too much darkness will blind you too it's mm. not good to live in 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 a in a, in a perfect perfect uh environment and also how we cannot distinguish the, the beauty when we do not know what darkness is right when we don't how can we be experiencing joy when we do not know what is uh grief or unfortunately this is how the universe or at least the our universe works yeah so there, there is, is perfect balance yeah. if we know I, I think, you know, Leah, just to tell you this, if we feel now that there is too much darkness, uh, which is overwhelming our reality, mm -hmm. always the laws of universe are such that balance will be achieved, no matter what, no matter when, we may need to be patient, balance will be achieved. Right. So hang in there. I, that's what, <laughs> the other message. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. Because I think a lot of people are really are struggling. You know, they're just they don't know what to do. It's a, there's a lot of tension and a lot I of know. yeah, and a lot of people feeling like they have no control because they they can't travel, they can't move, they can't um, uh, hug, or they feel like they can't hug. I have a confession. I have not owned a mask since this thing began. <laughs> so, but I actually don't forget. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's so it's part of my own spiritual alignment is just going, that's not for me. And uh, that's yes. not for me. No, no, right. no, absolutely. Well, you see, um, 
there is a free will, obviously. There is a free will. If there was no free will, they would have completely overwhelmed us with, with violence and they just can't. And we agree and we allow. Mm-hmm. I, we agree. We shouldn't agree, I believe. We shouldn't go in, in open fight because it's also not very uh, wise. But we just can't agree with everything only because we can't travel. Because we see we are all, we, we lived in illusionary environment mm. and we do not want to lose our comfort zone. And then we would agree on any poison in our bodies. But I do think that better not to live in this comfort zone for a while because eventually they will lose. This is a big battle ongoing now on the sky and in our reality. So I would say to people, wait, have patience, wait with, it, with the poison. There is a strategical reason for this too, but maybe for another time, Leah, because it's very long. Right. But I would say, wait. Yeah, I would say, don't hurry. It is, um, this is a momentary situation and the universe always reaches the balance. There is no other way out, no other way. The balance will, will arrive. Yes, it will. So let's try and do what we can to be on the right side of that equation for our best and highest good. Uh, the I want to encourage people to actually go to your channel and we'll put again the link in our show notes because you just did a very recent interview um, with a fellow. I'm going to get his name wrong, but it was the first. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, so look, He's great. Yes, yes. look for this because it's a very fascinating interview. I loved it. And uh, so look for that because it gives a little bit of a forecast about some things between now and 2024. 20, uh, mm-hmm. So for people who want to delve a little deeper, or even around money, things around, you know, finance, etc. That is a very fascinating interview. And of course, we'll talk more on our upcoming interviews about all of this wonderful stuff. But I don't want people to miss out on things um, while they're waiting for us to get more content together because you have so much great content already on your channel. So uh, let's get people over there Thank to look you. at that great episode. Yes. And so we need to wrap with this, um, this episode for today. Um, what's the most important takeaway do you think for people right now, Krasi, from your opinion? Uh, to, to remember that they are creators, not to uh, lose their um, unique uh, essence, you know, of human beings. We are able to create in one along with the creator. No one can tell you what to do. No one can tell you put poison in your body. No one, just re- remain very connected with, you know, with, with the creator. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, I'm not saying this uh, po- uh, positive uh, thinking, uh, you know, new age uh, cliche. I'm just saying that we, with our thoughts, we also create our reality because the speech and the thoughts are extremely powerful. So with our thoughts, with our speech, we can create beautiful reality without fears because the fears are also being projected on us through media and uh, no need. We can avoid this just with simply by deciding not to follow. Exactly. Beautifully put, beautifully put. And spend time with people who uplift you and who have messages of, you know, um, encouragement, I think to turn, you know, the turning off the TV, getting away from the mind trash is really good. Your mind (laughs) leads your energy. You know, this is like master your life. The mind leads the energy. The mind leads the chi, the mind leads your prana, your life force. You know, so that minding your mind is so important and releasing yourself from thinking and go into your heart 
You know, as, a, as exactly. Crassy is saying, is like connect with your heart. That's where all the divine wisdom is. Um, again, Crassy, thank you so much. It's been a delight. Thank you, Leah. Uh, I invite everyone to love yourselves, love each other, mind your mind. That's all for us for this episode. Bye for now. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.